for agility's sake. Hey everybody, this is Kyle Spitzley, and in today's episode, I get to talk with Lee Weissehugel about why Agile fails. And he tells us um, his stories, his examples, lots of details about what he's seen and why this happens so often, and how we can avoid it from happening to us. So we have a great amount of detail and an awesome conversation, but just to give you a taste of what's coming, uh, here's a 60 second summary from Lee on why Agile fails. Enjoy the show. Have a great day. Why do organizations fail? It's because they don't establish those three foundational things, teams, backlogs, working custom software. They don't approach it from a structural uh, practices and a uh, uh, cultural point of view. They're not looking at the holistic picture at scale, right? Stru the structure of teams together, even with the dependencies that they have, so how work flows, how we must orchestrate things that we can't encapsulate, and how we measure whether or not we're successful, the metrics. Then under, uh, also understanding to what level of agility we must achieve for our organization to be successful and taking that intentional journey through there, right? So hmm. organizations fail because we fail to recognize those things or we fail to put in the hard work that's actually required, right? In, in Yeah light of what's there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Spitzley. With me today is Lee Weissehugel. How you doing, Lee? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Thanks for joining me today. So, Lee, if you don't mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm a uh, longtime uh, software kind of guy. I've been working in IT um, since I decided to grow up and have a family and, you know, had to get a real job, right? Uh, it was like a passion to work with computers and programming and things. And so I've had all the kinds of jobs. I've been a developer, I've been infrastructure guy, uh, business analyst, traditional project management, um, program manager, agile project manager, um, and agile coach. And um, I recently, you know, within the last year, uh, joined a company leading Agile in oh, it was August last year. So it's coming up on a year um, because I wanted to get out and see the world, so to speak, and get to work with more um, really great and amazing clients on their Agile transformations. I had experience at, at a really large enterprise um, applying Agile transformation in a group, um, one business unit, which was about 12,000 people in that, in that wow. unit, uh, in, in the IT side. So it's large, large scale stuff. Um, but that's one point of view and I'd worked there for a long time. So I wanted to see other things. So, so here I am, uh, getting to help, uh, Amway with their transformation. And I've met a lot of fantastic people, um, with some really great, um, attitudes that are, that are excited to get to work. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And such a breadth of experience in your past. I didn't know that you had that many different roles in the technology space. That's really awesome. Um, it's been awesome to have you on the team working with us. I always appreciate your insight and you know, some of your, uh, your wisdom from your past. And so what I wanted to talk to you about today, and I think you know, this is a question that I hear a lot um, of why isn't, it, why isn't it working the way we wanted it to? Why is it so hard? Uh, when we talk about implementing agile or transforming teams to become more agile, um, as well as transforming an enterprise at, at a scale uh, with agile. So the question is, you know, why does agile fail? 
because I've seen so many, you know, case studies and, and summaries of how well it's working for organizations. And there's there's organizations and companies out there that are just killing it in the marketplace with their agility. Sure. Um, and yeah, then yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we look and we say, well, we've been trying to do this for years and trying to make this stick and really take root, but it's it's tough. And why is it so hard? Why do we fail at doing this? Um, so the question is, why why does agile fail in some organizations? And how do we get how do we get around those pitfalls? Yeah, that's a that's a it's a big question, and it it uh, gets to a lot of. Um, we'll talk about a number of different things, right? I'll, uh, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of a setup uh, for some of the premise of it, but um, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. The, the short answer to why does Agile fail in enterprises is dependencies. That is the short answer. Okay. Right. And it has to do with all kinds of dependencies, dependencies of teams, of silos, of um, uh, the flow of work, uh, dependencies of technology, dependencies of um, leadership even. Right? Like, what are we willing to enable and secure? Um, so that that's kind of the short view is is it's it's kind of all about the dependencies. Um, if you think of an agile transformation, right? Let's let's kind of understand a few basics first, and we'll we'll work our way back into that answer, okay. right? So when you read the book, right, the book in air quotes around that uh, for Agile, right? And it talks about Agile teams. You maybe you went and out, you got your certified Scrum Master um, uh, certification from uh, Scrum Alliance. Um, they're talking about a, an Agile team, a small uh, group of uh, people who are cross-functional in nature. They have all the skills and capabilities required within that team to deliver on their mission. Yeah, and two pizzas. Right, they have two pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> two pizzas. They get two pizzas. That's it. You're done. Right? No, that's the idea. That two pizza team. Right? It's it's if a team takes uh, if it takes more than two pizzas to feed a team at lunch, then the team's too big. Right? Oh, man. Because small um, teams are more effective. Um, th think about about you navigating a large crowd. Like you went to a sporting event. And you're leaving the, you know, the, the, the games ended, the home team won, everyone's super excited, everyone stayed till the very end, and we're walking out the door, right? Like, it's just a bunch of people, and it's hard to get through that. If you're by yourself, you can move quickly, right? Because you can pivot fast, you're making decisions for just yourself. It moves yeah. easily. If you're with your whole family, it takes more coordination, right? Yeah. You know, there's, there's five of you, your wife, three kids, and you're walking through. You know, you can do it, but you've got to have communication and coordination. But it's possible. But if you're That's there with like... I prefer, I prefer to travel alone for that very reason. <laughs> I know, no, right? No, that's it exactly. Like, I, I can navigate airports very well, and it drives me crazy doing it with anybody else. Right? Yeah. Just because yeah. of the crowds. Yeah, for sure. Um now that now your same thing, like if you went on a school field trip and there are four classes that went to this thing together, trying to leave that stadium in a coordinated fashion where we don't lose anybody, is takes a lot of work, right? We it takes uh, uh, orchestration of people, of communication, and 
and and it's just harder to do. So when they talk about agility, that's why you hear this two pizza team kind of as a, as a size, because once you get bigger, it just takes a whole lot more work to coordinate effort, right? Yeah. So, so teams, you know, are a foundational part of Agile. And from my own background, like to me, like the fundamental uh, cherry on the tree of Agile, right? What is the fruit that we're going for is being a part of a great team. Right, like a team that I want to come to work for, where we where we support each other, have each other back, and yet we have difficult conversations. Right, we have the freedom that I can, you know, you can say, hey, I don't think that idea is a good one, and here's why, and we can have that d- productive debate, you know, and still go hang out and throw darts and you know be friends, right? Like I'm, I have a lot of friends from teams I worked on because they were just great teams, great people. Like I want, I want to create that everywhere. Hmm. So when we think about that agile team, right, there's, you know, there's typical in a transformation, you've got some different approaches, right? If you're, if you're a small company, you know, and you're getting started, you're a startup, you you naturally kind of have to work that way because that's just the way you were born, right? Your, your company was born as a small thing. We've got a startup or an idea. We're going to go make stuff. We're naturally a small team, but if you're, if you've grown to any size, then you have to think about work and how work flows and sometimes um and and companies that have been around for a long time some companies that's decades some companies that's a century right they've got established stuff right for reasons right or wrong they've come to be who they are because of history right and that's that's it so a lot of times a company will go we've got to be better right whatever better means sometimes better means faster Sometimes better is cheaper. Sometimes better means um, happier people, right? You know, there's all kinds of definitions of better. So we've got a company and there's some business driver for us to be better. Then we're looking at, you know, a lot of companies are looking at agility because it's about how do we deliver things in a better way for our business. So there's different approaches you'll see in in a transformation. You've got a practice led, right? Like, like, let's just go do scrum, right? I read the book. It said it talks about these five ceremonies and things, and let's just do those ceremonies, and that'll that'll help make us better, right? That's agile. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, some companies approach it from a culture perspective. Like, we just need the right culture. Like, we just need the right way of being, and and then we will be better. And and some companies approach it transformation from a structural perspective, like. We've got to set up the conditions in order for those things, you know, to happen. And and the the answer is all like all of those are required. You know, you can't you cannot just restructure people to think about the flow and make small teams that are encapsulated for value and everything else just happens magically, right? You still have to have a way of acting, of of doing, and that's practices led. So you've got to have practices. You've got to have the structure and you've got to support it with the culture that you want to end up looking like. Like, what do we end up, what do we end up looking like at the end of the day? That's our cultural led transformation. Yeah. So what, what would you, uh, when you talk about practices, what are some of the, what are some examples? What's a practice? So scrum, right. Just as, you know, as a, an example of, of, uh, teams working in an agile way, those are things like we prioritize, uh, we create a backlog of, of work and we have a prioritized list of things that we know that we want to build. Um, we 
do small short increments of planning together right we we com commit to a sprint a short two-week time interval where we look at we're going to deliver this or these things in that time frame um, and get them into the hands of our users so we get return on that value more quickly right so we do a short sprint cycle planning um together we okay meet daily right we have daily stand-ups to commit to each other as a team about how we're progressing we want to surface blockers and make sure those those get removed we okay. want to demonstrate the value of our work at the end of the sprint and we want to pause and reflect on the way that we work inspect and adapt so that we get better do retrospectives so there's there's kind of five basic ceremonies of of scrum that all are about agility about inspecting and adapting and continuous improvement um and showing value, right? The value to the customer. So well, that's sort of a practices, but approach. Just the stuff we do, right? So those three yes. three things you're talking about, three variables. So we've got the structure, we've got practices, we've got culture, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So our our, our point of view um, that we we've, we've shared with Amway is that we start from a structure point of view, right? Because it takes work and it takes sometimes beyond um, the authority of the team, if you will, to say, this is how we ought to align our organization in order to deliver value, right? Teams typically don't have the power to kind of self-organize and go, yep, hey, you know, uh, all you senior leadership folks, this, we're going to, we're just going to work this way. I hope that's all right with you. You know, you've got to have some buy-in to be able to do that. So it's important that we we recognize those inhibitors and, and help support that and align the organization to work um, in, a, in a particular way. And that's why we have our portfolios set up the way we do. We've got portfolio teams helping to understand and elaborate the value that we're trying to realize, the goals we're trying to achieve, our product teams who help to, to break that, those goals down into the capabilities we have to build or enable um, for us and our delivery teams who help to break that down into the small consumable bite-sized pieces of work that we deliver regularly and frequently to get value for our users, right? That's the structural approach. And the way that we work is our practices, and we support that with a cultural mindset that you hear around, you know, uh, uh, oftentimes you'll hear servant leadership about facilitating and enabling rather than command and control, right? Those, those kinds of things are all part of the transformation picture, right? Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So, so I'm you, thinking about the structure piece as like what, how teams organize, what skill sets they have, what they work on, how they prioritize those things. It's really easy in that small startup when it's one group. But the moment you get into any size of scale, any type of scale, you've got other teams that are totally outside of your, your purview, your authority to be able to influence how they prioritize, how they interact with you and flow work back and forth. And so right away, right away, I see the problem when you're trying to implement agile or be agile in an organization that is large, you're gonna run into those problems of, it can work on a team really effectively, but the moment I try to scale and bring in dependent other groups, it's that's when it gets tough. Right, yeah, and it often takes some, oh, I don't like this word, but it just popped into my head, intervention, you know, just to, <laughs> to break the organization apart and set it up the way you want, right? So that we can encapsulate our teams a little better, right, because, just like, just like an individual leaving that ballpark, right? Our team is the individual unit of value. So we want them to be able to navigate the crowd of, of work and to be able to move as, 
efficiently and effectively as possible together, right? Yeah. Okay. So, All right. So yeah. Okay. So, we're, so that's we got our the three things. We're yeah, heading towards why agile fails with those. Yeah. With those. Things. So let's uh, one a couple more little foundational pieces here. So if we look at any agile approach, right? There's different uh, methodologies or frameworks that are set up. So you can look at Scrum. There's uh, uh, disciplined agile delivery at scale, you know, large scale scrum, scaled out to framework. You've got Kanban teams, you've got XP, all, all these different ways. So of many, so many different so many, things under the umbrella. Yeah. They, they boil down to really only three things, right? And those three things are teams. The team is, a, is the essence, the encapsulated unit of, of agile. Um, backlogs, Right? The set of stuff that is prioritized and is important for us to go and build for our company to, serve, to achieve our goal. And the third thing is working tested software, right? Or if you're not a, a software delivery team, it's working tested stuff. If you're a marketing team, then, then your working tested thing is probably a, a campaign, right? A marketing campaign, okay. right? If you're, um, if you're a finance uh, team, then, you, you know, your working test thing might be a balanced ledger. Right, kind of view, right? Okay. But it, it, what that means is a, a set of done. So as a team, we understand our purpose. We have a prioritized, uh, well-elaborated set of things that we need to achieve to help our business, that's the backlog. And we understand what it means to be done, right? How do we get to done? And that understanding of done helps us to focus on that goal and to try to achieve that in as short a time frame as possible in iterative and an incremental way. That's foundational, right? Iterative and incremental and inspecting and adapting are foundational agile principles. So teams, backlogs, and working tested stuff, right? Done. And, and the work that it takes to get to those, right? So teams means I understand what the value is or you know, the purpose that this these group of people exist. And they have the skills and capabilities within that team to deliver on their purpose. So I don't need to go and get QA from somewhere else, right? Like we have the ability to evaluate whether or not we're done within our own team, right? Um, you know, if they were, if I had a, if I had a, a, a team that was, um, serving our end users, right? They're like a help desk kind of a team, you know, a, a skill that you might need within that team is like content authorship, right? Like helping to build the support documentation or, you know, the scripts that we use to help when people call in, right? I might need a content author within that team to help make sure that we're building out the library of things that we provide to make our service uh, a better service. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So teams, backlogs, and working tested stuff. Those are like the, no matter what agile framework or, or, or methodology that you look at, it's all about those three things. And at scale, like as we get beyond a single team having to work together, because right, we get, we build complicated stuff, right? We're not, we're not, we're not a little a startup doing right. a, a simple thing, right? Even, even those startups that have grown, you know, Facebook was once upon a startup. Amazon was once part of startup, you know, there's lots yeah. of really big companies now that were startups yeah. as they grow at scale. You have to think about the structure, the organization that we put together of those teams and how work flows through them, where we build dependencies, the workflow, um, how it flows, like, 
you know, what, what do we do to elaborate things? That's kind of like the discovery side and the delivery side. Sometimes you'll hear that as, you know, we want to um, um, building uh, the right work um, and building it the right way, right? Like I did not say that the right way at all. <laughs> it's it's focusing on I could you know it's been a three day weekend and so sometimes the brain doesn't go all the way to the top here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, building the right thing, building it right, and what's the third one? Yeah. Building it fast. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So so we need to we need to think about the way the work flows so we can focus on understanding what are the right things to build. There we go. What are the right things for us to focus on? The most important that to deliver the most amount of value in the faster, the fastest amount of um, time, the shortest amount of feedback, right? Like I could think of something really valuable, but I don't want to spend a year doing that, building that out, because I don't get any return during that time. Like, how do I provide something of value sooner rather than later? Because I get much better return. I'm capitalizing that return on my investment, in fact, right? So I want to do things in an iterative and incremental way because it just makes good business sense. So we think about how that yeah. workflow is for discovery. And then the other thing, right, so structure and uh, flow of work and metrics. Like how do we assess whether we're building the right things? Like are we, are we getting feedback from our users, right? Are we um, – Understanding our, you know, through adoption, Aussie metrics, adoption, usage, satisfaction, right? Um, are we performing well as an organization? Like, what's our cycle time? How long does it take us to make something ready? How long does it take us to execute, right? Are we reducing those cycle times to improve the flow through our system, right? So, so that, that's agile scale. So, eight in, in basic teams, backlogs, working tests, and software. And a scale structure of the organization, workflow, the way the work flows through that organization, and the metrics. How do we how do we use those things to inspect and adapt and improve on? Okay. So back to why does it fail? Right? It fails in the face of not recognizing any one of those components, right, as a dependency and doing the work necessary to remove them. Like the work of the transformation is a transformed organization. And in order to do that, we have to remove those dependencies that exist that gets in the way of us creating teams, creating well-structured, well-defined backlogs, creating working tested software, right? Like to be really agile, like a startup, to be startup-like at scale means you can't have teams that wait for each other to deliver pieces of software right? They've got to have ways that can get to done and tested with a high degree of confidence in very short time frames without waiting for this other team to do their thing, right? They've a got continuous to flow, right? Like a continuous flow. So there's no stopping. Yeah, continuous flow. So that's where you'll get like a lot of technical practice. If you're building software, that's a lot of technical practices, DevOps, continuous integration, continuous deployment, right? Automated testing, Right, microservices, um, uh, stubbed interfaces—you know, all all that kind of stuff. Those technical foundations are things that we have to address to have a high degree of agility within those teams. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. I think there's 
a lot of pieces we've talked about. You know, we've talked about the, the structure, the practices, the culture. We've talked about teams, backlogs, working tested software, dependencies, um, different methods for those things. And if I kind of run that back to why Agile fails, what I'm hearing is that we're looking at, you know, why Agile fails is a question about at scale, not a question of does it work on a team, right? It doesn't work in a big organization. Um, and to me, it feels like we're we're looking at the 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 people involved, the the products, the work, the things they're building, and how they're doing it. And when you put all those together, I kind of picture it as the the work from taking an idea or feedback from a customer and moving that to something that we've now put out into the market and gotten value for and a return on our investment, we want to shorten that cycle and make sure that we're hitting all those points, getting the feedback, improving it and delivering it with a continuous flow, not not a kind of, I'll build a part, you wait, then we'll ship it, then you build a part and you wait. Like there's this just kind of smooth flow. The problem, I'm guessing that it feels really clunky when you go from the old way of dependent and waiting type of scenarios to a continuous flow and agile organization. There's probably some clunky middle ground where you're kind of in the middle of a transformation and it feels like, what the heck? Why isn't this working? This feels broken almost because it's not the old and it's not the new. It's somewhere in between. Yeah, there is. And it's a great point because there are, this sounds funny for some um, of my, my uh, agilists in industry, there are degrees of agility that may or may not be appropriate, yeah. right? Like if you think about a, a, that startup example, right? They necessarily have to go fast and get really quick return uh, feedback on, the, on what they've done because they're learning and exploring in the market, right? They don't know, they have an idea, but they don't know what's going to really resonate. And so they're doing lots of little tests, Right. Yeah. I'm going to put this thing out. What if I do this? You know, they might do a B testing to say, I don't know if uh, if, you know, this kind of color scheme resonates better than this kind of color scheme. Let's find out. Let's get data. Right. So yeah. those kinds of of companies are being very uh, are in an emergent market space. Right. They're trying to learn what's happening and they're having to adapt very quickly. Right. And that's a very different scenario than, say, um, if you're running a bank, right? Uh -huh. If you're running a bank, you do not want your bank balances or your customers' uh, <laughs> uh, statements to be adaptive and iterative. Yeah. Right? It should be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, I can see. Uh, thinking and picturing the bank situation, there are parts of the bank that are rigid and need to be structured and very predictable, and there are parts of the bank where we want to be incremental and adaptive and, and iterative. You know, like think about uh, um, the features and functionality of banking apps. I mean, in the last five, six years, like it's just proliferated and banking apps have come out with all sorts of new things. And so I could see in a bank scenario, both of those yeah. being yeah. necessary. So some teams needing to be really agile, some teams not. So is that, That's so, right. it's also true. So we have to look at our organization and assess which teams need to be to what degree of agility. That's right. That's right. And so that's where we uh, we've talked about this before. We have different base camps because we lay kind of these <clears throat> um, levels of agility against this 
quadrants view about um, emergent or convergent, right? Like the, the back end of a bank, the ledger and the actual transactions, we know what that wants to look like. We, we're, we're not trying to innovate that space, right? You know, credits right. in, debits out, right? That's, That's the way it works. Yeah. So there's an adaptive or, or convergent, you know, kind of a view, uh, excuse me, emergent or a convergent kind of view. And then the, the, the other axis of that kind of view is this uh, predictive or adaptive. And that's like how our, our um, organization needs to react. So there's the market itself, emergent or convergent. And then the organization, how we have to react, which is predictive. Like I need to be able to depend on this level of stuff getting done, or I need to be able to pivot very quickly because I'm learning, you know, I'm testing in the market, right? So that, that back end of that, of the bank the, or, or any company's ledger, financial ledger, right? We want the work to be very predictive and we know what needs to be done, predictive and convergent, yeah. right? The front end of the bank, like you said, um, they're learning and testing, right? And responding to that, what makes sense for customers, what they find value in, that's yeah. adaptive and emergent. Well, as you're describing this, I think I, I'm trying to think of an example of a company that would be all one or the other. And I can't. I think it would require me to look at what capabilities does that company offer and which are the predictable um, or convergent versus the adaptive and emergent. Because yeah, it's, it's yeah. like the different the different parts of a business need to operate differently, but somehow work together in a cohesive system, especially in really large companies. So, anyways, yeah, don't even yeah, yeah. It, at least anybody in a in a digital sense, right? Any any company working in a digital environment is going to have um, multitudes of of or different levels of agility that they need in there. Like, yeah. I have an I have a neighbor, and he is um, his he's an executive at a company, a construction company, not just like a little one, but they build like highways, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, major, major kinds of things. Big There's big, big projects, multi-year, multi-billion dollar, you know, kinds of projects. They, they did, they did work in, in Dallas recently where they were um, revising the existing main loop around that, around that city. And you have to have traffic that, that flows all throughout that. You can't just stop and go, hey guys, right. uh, this is going to be closed today, but it'll be back open probably next week. Right? You're Take not iterating on, on a road. So for them, they're, they, they must be very predictive and they must be very convergent in terms of their methods, right? So we have, we have interesting debates about you know, levels of agility there. So Yeah, how much planning um, do you do up front? Yeah, yeah. They have to do big upfront plan because for they've sure. got to show that, that they've got to, they can have continuous traffic flow with minimal disruption throughout the whole thing. And they've got to be able to hit their marks, right? There's, and certainly they build in financial incentives in their contracts to do that kind of thing. Because the, the municipality doesn't want to um, have, they, they can't afford unlimited budget, right? They, yeah. have, they have to know how much I'm spending, yeah. right? Because we're paying for so, it, right? The taxpayer yeah. is going to put the money yeah. on. That's right, right. exactly. So. So that's a very different kind of environment. You know, at, at Amway, we've got multiple kinds of environments too. You know, you've got, um, you've got financial ledger, right? You've got um, uh, your, your sort of customer data aspects as well, right? You're not iterating usually on customer data, right? 
you need to know who your customers are. You need to know how much they've spent, right? You need to know um, as we're building products, we need to be able to count on our supply chains, right? Those are those are more convergent um, and predictive kinds of things. Whereas <clears throat> some of the new things that we're working on for you know your A70 vision or the Amway growth plan kinds of things, where we're thinking about like social selling, or we're doing virtual apps to have customers sort of get a, a try and buy kind of experience. Those kinds of things are more adaptive and emergent, okay. right? So the whole point, the whole point of that was because a big a failure mode, why why companies fail, sometimes they they do not recognize the level of agility at which they need to operate. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, I certainly like even in my own transformation experience, there was a group I was working with and they were building like a like the corporate web page, the internet, right, for all employees and everything to use. Yeah. And that was a small team. They were fantastic. We iterated, we learned, we got data. It was great. I was working with another group, and they were um, they were the financial ledger group, and uh, a big SAP implementation. And this was like it was really difficult, you know, because they could not uh, adapt, right? So we we had to decide what was the appropriate level of agility that we required, and to set teams up to be successful in that environment. Like that is the work, right? So as an organization, we need to recognize what level of agility we really need to achieve our business goals and to support our teams in their development of their skills and practices and the way the organization works back to teams, backlogs, working tested stuff and at scale, the structure of the workflow and the metrics in order to support the level of agility we need in that, in that situation. Okay, so I'm trying to think about how. Um, so the the kind of the comment was, or your comment was that one of our common modes of failure is not recognizing what level of agility we need. Um, how would you know a person or a group of people not realizing that there are different levels of agility, and that even within your own organization you will have varying levels of agility. I know I can think of some people right off the top of my head, some very um, high ranking people who are thinking of this as you're either agile or you're not. And I want everybody to be agile, the whole company to be agile, but we know that's not the case. We know that's not how it works. So what's the kind of follow, I'm trying to follow the logic of someone doesn't recognize the varying degrees of agility. How does that lead us to failure? So, for a group, um, if you're trying to be, right, first of all, when we say we're trying to be an agile organization, right, the foundations of that are iterative and incremental and uh, inspect and adapt, right? Um, like the, that's that's what we're trying to, to get to, to learn. So if we're trying to have a, a group who is probably more predictive and convergent by design, and we're thinking that they need to be like a lean startup kind of a group, then we're failing to recognize the level of planning that they may require, right? Like, mm -hmm. like when you have dependencies between teams, you've got to manage those dependencies. You've got to understand them. You've got to schedule work accordingly to recognize those dependencies, et cetera. Like, right? So we're leaving the stadium and we've got that, that uh, three, 
you know, three uh, classrooms worth of, of people, right? We've got to make sure the bus is there at the right time. We've got to make sure people meet in the right spot, right? We cannot be waiting, you know, while some people may have decided to all, you know, uh, go to go to the bathroom, right, or buy the buy the T-shirt, right? Yeah. If you if you want, if that's a goal, if that's a thing that has to happen, we've got to schedule that. We've got to yeah. recognize that and schedule that and build that time into the plan, so because so that everyone arrives at the destination at the same yeah. time. Otherwise, right? you miss the headcount and you screw up the whole departure process, right? Yeah, and you do not want to get the call from you know Mrs. Smith because little Timmy got left <laughs> buying a T-shirt. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Right? Well, yeah. So when you have I can, those, I can see how in, I can see how in some of the like some of those more convergent and predictive scenarios, if you really push that team to try agile practices and they they said yes, we want to try it, and they do it, you might actually make more of a mess than if you had done it yeah. the way that you you had already been doing. Yeah, we want to take we want to take those. I mean, dependencies exist, right? And companies that are that are on agile transformation have those in their organization, whether they're structural, whether they're technological, whether they're about the, the understanding the work, the backlogs, whether they're, you know, um, about working tested software, right? There are dependencies. And so we want to set up and recognize those and, and help them deal with them. So getting to higher levels of agility, so to speak, becoming that lean startup kind of organization is all about recognizing and breaking those dependencies that we can break. Some of them we can't, right? Like big financial systems, right? You've got to have heavy testing periods, right? Because you don't, you cannot accept the risk that something breaks. Yes, we can only be as adaptive or as fast or as just agile as the, the, the slowest or the, um, most strict dependency that we have, right? right. Kind of like the, the weakest link in the chain is the one that we're all going to default to. Yeah. So where those exist, I'll modify that just a little bit because if you have if you have um, ap applications or systems that that use that data, for example, then what we want to do is to try to encapsulate that dependency as much as possible, so that those other teams can move faster on their own. So that's why you need to set up with a services-oriented, you know, architecture and lots of little microservices so that those teams can be more flexible and not have to make changes in lockstep with that finance system. Right, right, okay. Right? Okay. Well, so, good. So there are ways to break those dependencies where we have them or at least manage yeah. them in a way that allows other other groups that are dependent to keep moving fast. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you got to, but it's it's recognizing them and encapsulating them so that others who need to can move more quickly. Yeah, and I can see so, how if we tried to to do what we were describing before where you're trying to push agility into an organization that isn't built for an adaptable or emergent space, it's going to feel yucky for the people involved. The results might not be yeah. optimal. And then you're going to get, you know, um, team members, leadership, all your stakeholders are going to look and say, this sucks. What This agile thing doesn't work. Why, why are we doing this? This is broken. And it's because we've applied it in the wrong situation, right? Exactly. Or expected, uh, this will sound funny, we expected too much too soon. Hmm. Because <clears throat> as, a, as an organization who has 
all of this history, all of this stuff, right? Every, everybody's got them. Um, saying that we want to, yeah, we all, we should be like lean startup all over the place. Everyone being, you know, really uh, like this startup mentality. You, you don't just move from zero to 100 miles an hour instantly. There's actually some, as you've talked about in some of your videos, there's an intentional progression of capability, right, which we call the base camps. Hmm. So the very first job that we have to do is to have a stable and predictable organization, right? Like if you walk into a manufacturing line and all heck was breaking loose, right? You're making products and there's quality problems. We're not Six Sigma, you know, we can't depend on how soon we make product. We don't know how long. The first thing you're going to do in that manufacturing line is stabilize it yeah. because any change you make, right? This is, when did we learn that? Like in seventh grade or something like that? Like, you know, the, the, the foundation of, of a hypothesis and, right, you've got to formulate your hypothesis. You've got to conduct your experiment, look at the results. And, and you know, there's Mrs. You know, Mrs. Doolittle or whoever it was is going to be mad. I don't remember the five <laughs> steps of that. <laughs> but when you, you know, change a variable, you, you've got to have a controlled environment to know what it's what effect it has, right? Exactly. That, what's that? The scientific, scientific method. Yeah, the scientific method. That's it. Yeah. So. If you're going to go and make changes in your environment, even for your teams, you have to have them first be stable and predictable so that you can tell if your change, the hypothesis of your change has a positive or a negative impact. So you don't just go from, you know, we don't just let teams go willy nilly. We actually have to have a little bit more structure than they're probably used to originally so that they become stable and predictable. So that then we can say, great, right? Now, if you wanna, if you're, you know, if you know lean and, and principles of flow, right? Trying to push um, a pool size of water through a hose is a challenge, right? The way you get a pool size full of water through a hose is, a, you know, a little bit at a time. Yeah, right? it's over it's the like, course of three days. I've done that. I literally have drained a pool with a hose. It took forever. It takes forever. <laughs> So, so in order to improve flow, we've got to make smaller bits, right? So as you go through, we're making the smaller bits so that it improves flow. Then we can recognize those dependencies, break the dependencies, and then we can improve our organization, you know, other things like finance and how quickly we learn, et cetera. So, so getting from where an organization is to where it needs to be is about stabilizing and breaking work down into smaller pieces, understanding and recognizing dependencies, breaking those dependencies where we need to, and that helps us get to the right level of agility. So why do organizations fail? It's because they don't establish those three foundational things, teams, backlogs, working tested software. They don't approach it from a structural uh, practices and a, uh, a cultural point of view. They're not looking at the holistic picture at scale, right? Stru the structure of teams together, even with the dependencies that they have. So how work flows, how we must orchestrate things that we can't encapsulate, and how we measure whether or not we're successful, the metrics. Then under, uh, also understanding to what level of agility we must achieve for our organization to be successful and taking that intentional journey through there, right? So. Mm. Organizations fail because we fail to recognize those things, or we fail to put in the hard work that's actually required, right? In in yeah, 
light of what's there. And I was so, just, just thinking, tough. that's a great summary. Um, as you kind of wrap all that together, I'm like, there isn't a simple answer to why Agile fails. It's not that straightforward. So I mean, uh, the way you've described it is, is really helpful to me. It gives me, gives me hope that we, we see the problems. We know they're there. We have methods for working through them. Um, so I'm excited to keep, keep pushing the transformation forward. And I appreciate you taking the time to walk me through it. Oh, thanks. I think it's been a good conversation, and I love um, I love helping um, uh, teams and organizations with this because because you really get to be you know you get to create that organization those teams that I enjoy coming to work for right like I want to come I look forward to coming to work I know that the people have my back and they I have theirs and it's just it's it you know we all have to work right like otherwise. Yeah. We we at the beach. So why not have work be something that you enjoy doing? Yeah, and that goes right back to what you started with in the beginning of our conversation. You know, the culture aspect of I want to go be on a team that I feel I feel good about. And so it's yeah, yeah. But they need they need all those things, right? So I want the culture, which means I've got to have the practices, which means I need the structure that allows those things to happen. We've got to create the conditions for our organization to be a success. All right. Well, we have a big job in front of us, Lee. Thank you very much for taking the time today and uh, look forward Thank to you. talking to you again. Absolutely. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and share it with others. To learn more about Amway's Agile journey, follow the hashtag Amway Agile on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And if you're an employee, do that and search Amway Agile forward slash in your browser.